Welcome back to Podcast Radio. I'm Andy. I'm Joe. And uh, this week uh, it's on education. Yes, I definitely just want to have a small chit chat about education. It's been heavy on my heart and on my mind with just how we see things going now. You know, and I'm not even talking about the safety of our kids or anything like that yet with whether it's shootings or bullying or anything like that. I'm just talking down to the take it a little higher up, the core, the uh, educational background, information highways that they're using now yeah. are basically just uh, traffic jams, not opening their minds to learn and whatnot. And then I kind of threw the idea at you about this, and you did some research and found out some you know, years back this was not how things were intended to be. Right. Well, I, I mean, a long time ago when – the nation was founded that we, we didn't have a public education system it was normally whatever town you grew up in you, you were trained or educated by the people there and normally it was like where you worshiped is where you went to school so you would have kids from you know first grade to 12th grade which they didn't have at that time all in one place you're all learning the same thing. Same thing. And it wasn't, was it typically always by somebody who had a higher education or just somebody who had some experience or knowledge? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think even that, like you must be educated in this um, systematic um, way to teach. I think it was just maybe you call a school teacher or, but I know um, a lot of them, there wasn't like a, teachers going to school to become teachers to you know become I mean? teachers, yeah right where now you have somebody who and i'm not discrediting education whatsoever but you have somebody who's got a degree in oh i call it pe but they call it kinesiology now or whatnot and that's the math teacher what and i've and i've talked to people who say i have no clue what i'm doing in that classroom why are you teaching it? Because they make me. Yeah, they make you. And I thought, well, shoot. <laughs> he goes, I'm confused. I can imagine the kids, and I have to fail them. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that's that's crazy. And you got and you got to fail yourself. And you got to fail yourself, exactly. <laughs> you know, but you know, you're right. They were all put in a group, taught the same thing, and we had some of the most, I guess, creative thinkers, inventors, people who could think outside the box and propel us into a new society of uh, just leaps and bounds mm -hmm. at the time. And now we've brought in this all these constraints of what is the state says we have to learn and what the state demands as a requirement. And we've got s some of the lowest scores out there. Mm -hmm. Kids slip through the cracks. I know of one individual who graduated from my high school and I'm not making this up. He could not write his own name. And I'm being funny. He literally could not write his own name. I said, how did you get by? And he goes, oh, you know, dog, I just showed up every day. Whoa. So by virtue of showing up, you were deserving of a diploma. And he's a laborer now, works as, you know, in the labor field because he can't function in the capacity. But. So it, that's my beef on a lot of this. It's where all these state confinements came in, basically just a giant box for the free mind or the creativity of a, of a child. You know, 
I don't have an education to teach in a school system, which I would love to do. So I started my own school. I have a music school and I'm way off in left field how I do things compared to a traditional music school, but I have a blast doing it and we have great success. Not saying they're not, but I'm not teaching the traditional ways of doing things. I push creativity. Without creativity and without heart, without passion, all we have is a robot. Mm-hmm. You know, so you had some good facts. I liked what you, you well, were talking about. I would encourage people to look up like testing, like a seventh, what a seventh and eighth grader knew, like maybe the turn of the century. Right. Yeah. They, they were smarter than we are with our, our diplomas. And they go to work. Like I look at those tests and I'm like, good night. Seventh and eighth grade? Smarter than, gra- you know, some college graduates probably. Oh, but yeah. look, you can look them online. Some of the the uh, tests they had to do for math, history, and different things. I mean, it was difficult because back then they were taught something they took with them, and that something that knowledge is someone that's something some no one can take away from you. Now you're just taught regurgitate it long enough to pass the test, and you just throw it out the window. Mm-hmm. What good is the education at that point? No, yeah. you know it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I looked back as far as I could, and I saw or I found that um, the American education model was copied from the 18th century Prussian model designed to create a docile, uh, a docile subject and like factory workers, basically what they wanted uh, Prussia, like from uh, the German descent. Okay, so Prussia, not Russia. So anyways, this model was created specifically so that when they did graduate, they had a labor force. That's what they were doing. So in a world in which time was not regulated by the cycle of the moon, but rather the factory whistle and the clock was one of the sayings. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. So the three courses were instead of reading, writing, and arithmetic, it's going to be punctuality, obedience, and repetitive work, the basic training requirements to produce reliable, productive factory workers. So the education, uh, here's a, a quote from Johann Gottlieb, um, Fisch, Fischi, education should aim at destroying free will so that after pupils have left school, they shall be incapable throughout the rest of their lives of thinking or acting otherwise than as their schoolmasters would have wished. When the technique has been perfected, every government that has been in charge of education for more than one generation will be able to control its subjects securely without the need of armies or policemen. So that was like the motto of the Prussian education system. Wow. Yeah. Just destroy free will is, is right. It's so obvious. Yeah. (laughs) They're not even trying to sneak it in. It just flat out just said it. So we had a American horse man in 1843 toured Prussia and brought the model to the U S by the 1900s. It was nationwide and by nationwide, maybe it wasn't in every city, uh, across the nation, but uh, it had touched every state at least, you know, and it was growing. So by 1864, Congress, um, here's just an example of how they did it with the uh, 
Native Americans. By 1864, Congress made it illegal for Native Americans to be taught in their native languages. Native children as young as four years old were taken from their parents and sent to the Bureau of Indian Affairs off-reservation boarding schools, whose goal, as one Bureau of Indi uh, Indian Affairs official put it, is to kill the Indian to save the man. So it's more like to kill the Indian to enslave the man. Right. You know, we were already had this Prussian system implemented by then. And then once we conquered, you know, the natives of this land, then that's how they did separate these kids from their parents. Yeah. And um, re-educate them. Reprogram. Mm -hmm. Wow. And they just basically, and it worked for them. They did. I've seen some documentaries on this type of deal before where they did some horrible things to them, you know, took them away from their culture, family, everything they knew. And they gained what out of it? You, you know, it was just what was the purpose other than to just enslave? Right. Yeah. Wow. So, like I said, by the 1900s, it was nationwide. And that started in 1902 when uh, John Rockefeller created the General Education Board. And he donated like a million dollars or however many millions. It would be uh, equal to about a billion dollars today. Wow. In money. Because he's crazy. a charitable, loving dude. Money I mean, talks. He's given out a billion dollars in that day and age because he cared for us and our children. I could tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I got this out of an article from Ken. McElroy, uh, 2016, and he goes and given a quote from Rockefeller and some of his uh, cohorts. So as Rockefeller put it, I don't want a nation of thinkers. I want a nation of workers. Even more compelling are the words of Frederick Gates, a business advisor to Rockefeller. We shall not try to make these people or any of their children into philosophers or men of learning or of science we are not trying to raise up authors, orators, poets, or men of letters, and we're not trying to search for great artists, painters, or musicians. Jeez. So there goes your arts programs and <laughs> everything else. Oh, yeah. So uh, Ken McElroy goes on to uh, say, you see, the aim of public education is not to spread enlightenment it is simply to reduce as many individuals as possible to the same safe level to breed a standard citizenry to suppress dissident and originality public education does not encourage critical thinking nor does it foster imagination it does not teach emotional intelligence it does not encourage the pupils to work together to solve problems it does not seek out to help nurture an individual's innate skills and abilities it just gives you tasks wow and we see that today you know every day yeah people aren't in communities trying to work together it's very easy to stir them up and get people you know this race matter at that race and mm -hmm. you know uh, a poor guy matter at a rich guy uh we've been educated that way for 12 years in high school 13, I guess, if you count what kindergarten. Yeah. But it is, it's easy to cause divide. Mm -hmm. It's so to fuel whatever someone has a, a belief or a conviction about 
all you have to say is, well, they said that about that. And then that focus goes towards that other group or whoever it is. And then you start that bickering and we don't grow that way. You know, it's, I was watching a video the other day, got me to thinking a little bit about this. In 1966, there was a standardized test that you can look up that was required in PE. You had to do X amount of push-ups, pull-ups, rope climbs, runs. I mean, it was pretty intense. And I thought, wow, that is awesome. I mean, they showed these these kids doing this, and man, they're like fit. They were sharp. They were smart. They knew how to work afterwards, after school or before school. They'd work. They'd go to school, focus on what they had to, what not, and created this society of just a bunch of sharp young people. Now, I'm not saying everybody was, you know, the perfect student. I'm just saying what with what we were watching there. Fast forward to now, I drive by the schools, and you get a passing grade in PE just by showing up. And there's a few kids walking laps. I'm like, who? Now, how does this guy have to have an education to grab a bunch of kids and say, everybody walk laps? <laughs> this is PE. What are we learning? Just walk. You're, you're hurting sheep. And I mean, literally hurting them. And it's, and it's not metaphorically, but it is saying we're all just being herded into one mindless direction of just like the Dunkin' Donut guy. Time to make the donuts. I already made the donuts. You know, <laughs> walk my laps, yeah. walk my laps to the bell rings. And every one of those kids on a cell phone, I don't know what, cause they see this. It's society. It's there's, there's no, there's no more. Look what happened now with my kids recess was a privilege they had to earn like once every few months when did you have to earn recess wow when you were letting a kid run out and run that steam out would sit and confined at a desk and man you could yeah they come in smelling like a wet dog probably but who cares they kid they ran it out they're sweaty you got a big line at the water fountain you know sharing their germs or whatever and they'd come in ready to just okay ran it out i feel better but since they took out recess Statistics will show that everything else is in the climb. Behavioral issues, noncompliance, uh, not being able to pay attention. We label it with other ways to give it medication. It needs medicine to balance. If you just let that kid probably run on a swing set, you know, and let him hit, bite the dust a few times and, you know, have the teacher out there with him, throw on her tennis shoes or his and play with him, you created those bonds, that trust. And you played and had fun. It might have been 15, 20 minutes or after lunch. Now kids don't get recess in uh, primary, elementary school. They have to earn it. And then lunch comes. And my daughter said, Dad, I don't have that much time to eat. And I said, what do you mean I have that much time to eat? She said, for reals, Dad. She gave me some crazy number. We get like 16 minutes and 41 seconds to eat. I'm like, what? Yeah, the schedule's broken down by a weird minute ratio so i went to eat with her one day and i said how much time does she have to eat we're just rushing the kids and you've got these little uh, nazis <laughs> walking up and down the hallway the eating while they're going to to the lunchroom they, they're trying and, to <laughs> and as a fat kid down. in school that was my favorite <laughs> subject and i was like no you're not cutting my lunch down buddy but they were just yelling at him eat 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 and i just man yeah it's like it used to be lunch hour lunch and hour. then if you got done early you would go outside and play go outside and play yeah and you were ready to go and all i kept thinking was 
because man, Pink Floyd, you know, we don't need no. Uh-huh. Shoot, man, I wouldn't want to be here either. Uh-huh. I'm gonna act up too, so I don't have to be in here. So I could see where stuff starts, and I don't blame the teachers. I, I some some of the teachers I spoke with, they're like, we don't like this either, but the state, yeah, makes us do this. Couldn't you just, as a teacher, be like, oh yeah, all my kids earned recess. I don't care if you were. Right. A Hellraiser or the Angel. I'd be like, yeah, everybody earned it. Good job, class. Yeah, little Johnny acts up so much. Uh-huh. You want to run? Yeah, let's, I, let's you want to get a little Johnny out of there. Yeah, let's run. <laughs> Johnny, little Johnny, little tired. To where he's like, I just want to sit down and pay attention because yeah. I'm, I'm tired. You know, not run the kid to death, but let him play. And, and you know, that's where you had your play, uh, your schoolyard games and your creativity. You build that camaraderie, not on a cell phone. You know, it's like now doing anything outside, it's hot. Well, I asked my daughter the other day, I said something about asking her, saying, hey, um, what are you being taught about such subject? She gets her phone. I said, what are you doing? She, I'm Googling it. That's not, that's not your source. <laughs> she goes, Dad, they said Wikipedia is not our source. I said, neither is this. What do you think about it? I don't know. But she was going to look to see what to think about it yeah and so, i said tell her. it's bad you can't do that and she says why not i said because it's not healthy so it's it's grown i would say it's grown let me rephrase that it's digressed mm-hmm. and evolved into something bad you know dropouts were at all time high you can there's so, so many avenues now other than the public school education why because they don't want to conform some free thinkers with, hey, we don't have to be in a box, but the state says, because they're not always right. If they were, our world would be in a better place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not even breaking down subjects and topics yet. I'm just school in general. You know, I, I look at these kids now, and we're like, wow, this is our future. But everybody's got the neck dropped down on a cell phone because they're going to rush from one to the other. And I'll ask my kids that come here to the school, I'll say, what'd you learn today? Nothing. What'd you learn? Nothing. What happened this, today in science? I learned this. Today in history, we learned this. Did you know that? I mean, I love hearing those kind of stories. Mm-hmm. You don't get those anymore because it's just like sheep. Mm-hmm. Heard it and run in the circles. It's like, well, it is Rockefeller education because uh, te- the headquarters for, I believe, their um, textbooks are is here in Texas. And go figure. If you have, do do, wow. kid, do your kids have textbooks that they a uh, physical book they bring home? No, my only one in school. She has a computer. Okay. She has a laptop. Because they you used to be able to just flip it over and see Rockefeller or whatever. On really, the, you know. Okay, no, she's got a laptop. And, well, they're behind right now because they can't get the laptops working. So they have, haven't had homework or anything like that, and that type of thing. And that's the other thing we were doing up to about four hours a night of homework. And this is her not just not getting it. She's like, I've got all these assignments to do. What did you do for seven hours in school? Because you only had 16 minutes and 41 seconds for lunch. So I know you didn't spend it all there. And it's like, I don't, I don't know, Dad. I don't know. So I'd question it, and God forbid you question teachers about this stuff because they don't like hearing this stuff. Because sometimes they don't have the answers just because that's what the state says. So I'm I'm curious that how other cities, countries, how your educational systems out there. We the 
we could still go on and on about the subject. We could even revisit oh, yeah. the it, subject. It'll definitely be different, even state to state and state to state, city right. to city, and then also uh, where you live. You know, in a high class neighborhood or a poor class neighborhood, you're you're not all getting the same education. And if we have a listener who is a great uh, grandparent versus what you see your grandchildren, what they're being taught in school versus what country you're in where you're listening to us how is your educational system what's required is some countries don't all get to send their kids to school mm-hmm. we're here in the land where you have to go to school but it's not taking advantage it's kind of just eh, education whatnot yeah but even just learning day to day from somebody else is just the the it seems like our learning module broke down somewhere and uh, I would love to revisit this topic one day in the future and be able to wrap this up by saying, if you're in another country, city, state, anywhere else, shoot us an email at podcast13right at mm. gmail.com. Oh, yeah. And say, hey, this is what we do. This is what's done here. This is what we've seen. Uh, even the crazy wild stories. I mean, if you've got a 16-minute and 41-second lunch period, too, want to hear about it. I'm just kind of curious what other places do because if you research a little bit internet's going to tell you what they want to tell you Mm -hmm. but when you hear it from the actual end users of people out there we'll get the good stories i would love to hear one i I would even say we could maybe even play uh, a soundbite or something of somebody oh yeah you know we're we're open and and uh, willing to just take your stories and your input and with that let's end it with albert einstein never confuse education with intelligence exactly Very good.